praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Renee, is it your first Mother's Day as a mom? God bless you. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Uh, my mom is probably watching. Hi, mom. I wore a blue little thing because my mom's favorite color is blue. So happy Mother's Day to all. I know. It's just lovely. Happy Mother's Day. You know, Mother's Day, it's this day in the year where we as Coloradians, we're like, finally, spring is here. Spring has sprung. You could take your snow tires off. You could plant your tomatoes. It's just a great Sunday. uh, And I have a great message I pray for you about the Holy Spirit. The title is this. If you're taking notes, write down the title, The Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of God. The Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of God. One more time, then you got it. The Holy Spirit, we're talking about him. He is the empowering presence of God. And I wanna give you an analogy today because we're gonna look at this story of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit is, uh, comes down and descends on his church and empowers them. Uh, if you don't know about that story, we'll fill you in today. But I wanna give an analogy for what Pentecost is like and it's a silly analogy. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making fun of Pentecost. I'm not, uh, please know that uh, this is a silly analogy, but it's, it's something I'm gonna come back to at the end. And it's hopefully a powerful analogy. But you remember those, uh, they're still around, like five gallon cooler jugs. You know, you put them on a table, you get a cup and you push the little thing. You know what I'm talking about? As a kid, they were always filled with orange drink. Whether I went to a party or a soccer game, it didn't have tang, it wasn't cooler. It wasn't Fanta, it was orange drink. And it had like 10 times the amount of sugar that was supposed to be in there. And it was delicious and it was good for you. And as a kid, like that's all I get. Oh, the orange drink, I gotta get the orange drink. Um, This is another pastor's analogy, but I've seen it happen where like someone will go to fill their cup and they'll push in the thing. And then probably because of all the sugar that's coagulated onto the button, the button sticks in, you know what I'm talking about? And then the cup, it just keeps going. And the kid, it's like, hey, 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 and it's like pouring over and another kid runs over and they get a cup and they stick it under and then adults are like, hey, it's, it's pouring out. We can't get it. And they're like, all these kids and adults are just over there drinking. It's like, this is the best ever. We're drinking this stuff. Isn't this awesome? And somehow, like in this silly analogy, like that's the joy of the Holy Spirit, the fountain of the, God, of the Lord our God, pouring out upon his church, giving us power and joy and like go into ministry. The empowering presence of God is what Pentecost is all about. It's what the Holy Spirit is all about. And so I want to show you in scripture what is said about this day. Would you stand with me? Turn to Acts chapter two, verse 16. So this is the day of Pentecost. This is the day where the Holy Spirit descends and he comes down like tongues of fire. This passage of scripture, I don't think the author knew exactly what he was seeing because he said something like tongues of fire split apart and they landed on the disciples and then they were empowered. And then the people watching this scene were like, what's going on? And some people even said, 
are these people drunk? Because they just could, didn't understand. Like, what's going on? Everyone's like talking in new languages. What is this? And Peter stands up and he says this. Acts chapter two, verse 16. He responds to, are these people drunk? No, absolutely not. They're not drunk. This is what is spoken of by the prophet Joel. And Joel is an Old Testament book written hundreds of years before this day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit comes upon the church. And this is what it says. In the last days, so these are the days now, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, like the lowest of the society, men and women, everybody. I will pour out my spirit in those days. They will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood, fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Christ, you are in our midst. And Holy Spirit, we worship you. We praise you that you have empowered us for ministry, for life. You've given us gifts. You have filled us up with yourself. And Lord, today, may we walk out of here with with something new, something more, something fresh, every single one of us, Lord. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So I have uh, four boys and uh, they're, they're always making things, <clears throat> little crafts and things for mom, for dad. I think as a kid, that was one, something I really enjoyed, making little crafts for my mom, macaroni necklaces, uh, tissue flowers, handprint uh, flowers. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. My mom was really good. I would give these things to my mom. And she'd be like, oh, wow, thank you so much. It's so wonderful. And she would get these things. And I don't know what she did with them. Um, But she had them. And she was so grateful. And as a dad now, um, I get these things. Like, so uh, this is kind of a culmination of a couple different stories. But you'll appreciate the exaggeration. So uh, last weekend... I was at the YMCA, the YMCA on Saturdays, you could check in all the kids. And so we checked in all the kids, I did. Um, and, and then I worked out, I checked, I, I got uh, Theo back. So I have my bag, got my jacket, got my water bottle and the little tag thing, boop, to, you know, to ch- check out Theo. So Theo comes out and he's got like this little, uh, like little bottle thing that's been painted on it. And they're like, careful, the paint's still wet. And I'm like, oh, thanks, uh, thank you. I'm like, cool, Theo, cool turtle. And he says, that's not a turtle, that's you, dad, I drew a picture of you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thanks. And so now I got this wet paint bottle and my jacket and my water bottle and jacket and uh, the tag thing. And I go to pick up uh, Max and Max comes out. And he's got uh, like a little, um, what was it? Like a, like a spaghetti noodle, uh, like the crunchy with the marshmallow and it's all like a little sculpture. It's like, here you go, dad. And he's like, oh, well, thanks, Max. I can't, can you carry it? And he's like, no, dad, it's for you. You carry it. I'm like, oh, thanks. I'm holding this thing. And I start to put it in my bag. He says, don't put it in your bag, dad. I'll crush it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just hold it then. I got all this stuff. 
uh, <laughs> and then we go pick up Rowan, who's here, and Jay, and, uh, and Theo wants to hold my hand, so I got all this stuff, and I'm just walking down the hall, and we pick up Theo, or pick up Rowan, Jay, and they have little bracelets and little things that they've made, and so I get this stuff too, and I'm walking out of the Y, just wondering, like, how did I get here? Like, what is this? And I'm just smiling and thinking, man, I, I'm, you know, it's, it's a little, you know, annoying that I have all this stuff, but man, I'm the richest guy in the world. Like, I don't know who Jeff Bezos is, but this guy, like I got, my kids have given me this stuff, these gifts, and I got all this stuff and I'm just walking out of here. And this second weird analogy in this sermon is how I pray today that you will walk out of church. You will walk out knowing that the loving God, the Holy Spirit, is giving you gifts. He wants to give you gifts. And I pray you walk out of here like, I don't even know what I'm gonna do with this. I don't even know what this is for yet. And I just walk out of here with a smile, carrying things in a spiritual way from the Holy Spirit. Does anyone wanna receive that? Say amen. Amen. Okay, the Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of God. That's the title of this sermon. This is a one-point sermon. The Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of God. So last week, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. How many of you were here? Hands. Okay, good. Uh, we talked about the Holy Spirit is our advocate. Remember that? And does anybody remember the Greek word for advocate that's in the Greek New Testament? It starts with a P, ends with a cleat. Paraclete, okay, good. I heard it a little bit and then I really heard it, good. So paraclete, we translate it as, as helper, as counselor into the English, as advocate, as friend. Um, it's this person who is like a wise counsel to us. And I made this point last week, hopefully it was helpful to some of you, that none of us would, would go into a legal case against us, uh, a complicated one, without a wise counsel with us, especially like our Miranda rights say, one will be offered to you by the court of law. Like we get a counsel on our side, no one would go into a court case that's complicated without one, if provided one, right? Why would we go into life without a wise, holy counselor with us? And so that was the message last week. Like, you get this, the Holy Spirit, and it's not a thing, it's a who. He is with you, walking with you, amen? That was last week. This week, it's like, well, not only is this person, the Holy Spirit, with you, but he's also giving you gifts. He's also empowering you. And so do we want that? Yes, I, I think we should want that. Many of us would say, of course, I want that. I have yet a third weird analogy for you. Okay with weird analogies? This one gets really bizarre. So imagine uh, like some representative from Tesla calls me up. Like we knew each other. We're like old buddies or something. It's like, hey, I want to give you a brand new 2023 Tesla for you to give out to somebody in your congregation. You guys would be excited, right? Like, really? Uh, and so I have, they don't have keys. I have two friends that have Teslas. They don't have keys. They have Key card things. Yes, they have key cards. Thank you, Ariel. And so a key card, I have a key card up here for a Tesla and there's a brand new, it hasn't even come out yet, 2023 Tesla in the parking lot and I'm gonna give it to somebody in here. Anybody want it? 
Hey, look at Justin. Everybody look by Justin. It's his birthday tomorrow. It really is. In fact, I texted Justin earlier today. I said, Justin, can I use you in a weird analogy? And he, he some, for some reason said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And so here's the weird analogy. So like everybody see, Gus sees Justin. Justin, raise your hand. So that's Justin. Uh, this, this car belongs to Justin. There's the, I mean, the pretend car. We're still pretending here. Pretend car outside belongs to Justin. The key card is up here. And I put it like right here. And like Justin, everybody knows whose car is it? Does Justin, do you want the car? Yeah, he wants the car. So he wants the car. Everybody knows. Justin, who did I give it to? Justin. It's Justin's car. So let's say at the close of the service, uh, which we, after the service, we, we'll have communion. We'll sing a song. Uh, we always have a prayer team up here. People come forward. Uh, there's prayers. Some of you guys stay after service for a little while talking, which is just a beautiful reflection of church community and fellowship. Always come early to church. Always stay late. It's part of church. So after all that, we're going to leave. We're locking up the building. And I look up here and there's there's still the car, car key, uh, uh, like the, the, the key thing. And in the parking lot is still the car and Justin's not around. And, and right at that moment, like my friend who's the Tesla rep calls me up and says, hey, did you give away the car? And I'm like, yeah, I gave it away. And, and I was like, well, what, did he like it? And I'm like, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. And you're like, what do you mean you don't know? I'm like, well, the, the key, the, I don't know. He didn't, he's, he's gone. He didn't take it. And I was like, why wouldn't he have taken it? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, what do you mean you don't know? Why wouldn't he take it? And I'm like, I, uh, maybe he forgot. He forgot. Like, how could he forget a brand new car? I'm like, I don't, maybe he, you know, maybe he was embarrassed to come get it. Maybe, uh, maybe the son, like he didn't know if it was for real, like we're really giving it to him. Maybe like the son, he didn't want to embarrass himself or the social. I don't know why he didn't, but it's right here. I gave it to him. He said he wanted it. Everybody in here, it's his. But for some reason, he didn't take it. And I wonder if, you know, in this metaphor, like if this is us sometimes in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's like, here's some gifts. And we're like, yeah, I want them. And the Holy Spirit's like, here you go. And like, yeah, thanks, here you go. And, and we're just like, well, but we don't actually receive them. Does anybody understand? Is anybody following with me here? Like, have you been there? Like, you're, you want, I want these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and another sermon will go through different gifts and what they look like, but it's, they are all for our own uh, empowerment for the church. Like, they're given to us as gifts for the body of the church, for building each other up, for, uh, I think of, like, uh, prophecies. I think of, like, like miraculous healings in, in the New Testament. I think of uh, the words of knowledge or encouragement or the gift of pastor, the gift of leader, the gift of shepherd, the gift of apostle or evangelist. These are gifts given to us. And many of us would say, yeah, I want it. And the Holy Spirit's like, here, here's these gifts. And, and yet the exchange doesn't happen. I have a really good news for you today that, that maybe you're not alone. If, you're, if you've been there, if you've thought those thoughts about the Holy Spirit and his gifts, I have really good news that that we call, we continually call upon the name of the Lord is what this passage says, and we'll be saved. We will receive these things. The gifts are for all people. The Holy Spirit is being poured out on all people, sons and daughters, the rich, the servants, the, the old men, the young. It's being poured out on all of us. And I wanna encourage you today, maybe there's more.
Maybe there's more of the Holy Spirit. Maybe there's more of his gifts in your life. Maybe you've always been the person known for this and you see other people as, oh man, they're, they're really gifted and, and that, that's them. But I, I'm just, you know, like, well, maybe the Holy Spirit has something for you. Maybe there's a door today, this week, this month that will be unlocked. Maybe thinking through this sermon and, and praying and asking and calling upon the name of the Lord, you will receive more. Amen? All right, here's the, the point again. Hopefully you have it by now. The Holy Spirit is the empowering presence of God that we call upon him. Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, eagerly desire the greater gifts of the Holy Spirit. Eagerly desire his gifts. Ask, call upon the Lord and receive. And there's a mystery involved here because there's not an equation. We kind of want equations, don't we? Think about that. Like we want to put in a coin, push a button, and then out rolls like a can of like Holy Spirit and we could open it up. And we, like that's like, and I'm, it's like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? But Holy Spirit isn't a vending machine. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's a who, it's not a what. And so there's no equation for how all this works. It's really a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do with, with a little bit of this sermon here, let's take uh, probably the rest of the sermon, is I want to go through the story of how uh, the events leading up to Pentecost. So look at the Old Testament very briefly. Look at Jesus coming, saying he's going to send uh, another and then there's this weird story that happens in between Jesus' resurrection and Pentecost. I'll talk about that. And then there's this day of Pentecost, which well, I'll explain. And then that verse will make a lot of sense as to what we read at the beginning of this service. So let's cover the whole Bible real quick, shall we? All right, so you go back. I gave you this pop quiz last week. Those of you that were here would know this answer. Where's the very first time we see the Holy Spirit in the Bible, in the Old Testament? Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse actually 2. Like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit, Spirit of God, he's right there. He's hovering over the waters. And I made this joke. I have a lot of bizarre jokes. I apologize. Last week I said there was, the, you know, the, I had a friend who was a surfer and he said the Holy Spirit's a surfer because he was hovering over the waters. Listen to it last week. It was as weird as it sounds. Um, but that's like the Holy Spirit is God the Father, is God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's triune God right there creating with God. He is God hovering over the waters. That's the first time we see him. And then throughout the Old Testament, the way I see it, um, this is kind of observation, not really like this is the theology, but my observation is we see the Holy Spirit at different times come upon an individual for a certain time. Like we see Samson, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and he's able to, you know, be really strong. We see Saul, uh, who's kind of a bad king, but the Holy Spirit descends on him and he's able to prophesy. And so people even see this and like, as they say, is Saul like this bad king? Is, this, is he among the prophets? Or we see David, for instance, like David and Goliath. We see the Holy Spirit descend upon David and with this confidence, this little boy goes up against this giant and says, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. And this day, I will take your sword. I will cut off your head and everyone will know that there is a God in Israel. 
Holy Spirit, like that's the Holy Spirit in David, like descended. And you're like, wow, these moments in the Old Testament where individuals are like the Holy Spirit comes upon them for like a season. And then it, it, it kind of, it just, but in the New Testament, we see the promise of the Holy Spirit for all people, for all time, like poured out upon his church, available for us, his empowering spirit, him himself, a relationship with the Holy Spirit is upon us. And, it, and so how did we get there? Well, Jesus comes and he lives his life of ministry. And during his life of ministry, he says, I'm gonna go away. But when I do, something better is gonna happen. In fact, we read this scripture last week, John 16, verse seven. Jesus says, uh, but truly I tell you, he's talking to his disciples, it's good that I go away. Um, some translations say it's, it's actually better that I go away. Because the way I see it is Jesus, fully God, fully a human is one person and a person is just one place at one time on earth. He says, it's actually better that I go away because I'm gonna send to you the advocate. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And so we have now, Jesus says it's better than like him being human on the earth, fully God, fully human, that we have this Holy Spirit. And so, so you wonder, okay, well, when do we get this? When Jesus goes away. So Jesus does, he's killed on a cross and, and we, we remember his life and that's why we have a cross in this building. And so we remember his life, we remember his death on the cross. Three days later, he rises from the dead. And we have all of these stories of Jesus, the risen Christ, appearing to believers and disciples, individuals, pairs of people, groups of people. One of those stories is Jesus in a locked room. Listen to this, John chapter 20, verse 19. This is the bizarre story that maybe many of you have never heard before. It's like in between uh, his resurrection and Pentecost, this scene happens. On the evening of that first day of the week, so a Sunday evening, disciples were together with doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jewish leaders. Uh, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. The story continues and Jesus said, peace be with you as the father has sent me, I'm sending you. And then this sentence, pay attention, look up here. And th with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's really interesting because, because there's gonna be more. Like the, the, he's saying, breathe, you know, he says, he breathes on them. He says, receive the Holy Spirit, which a lot of you are probably like me thinking like, this sounds like a COVID outbreak to me. Like they're in a locked room, they're all together breathing on each other. Sorry for the joke. But Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. And yet there's, gonna be more. So, so to turn to Acts chapter one. This is how the book of Acts opens. It's right after Jesus is appearing to all these people. He's still appearing. On one occasion, it says in verse four, while he was eating with them. So the resurrected Lord, the people are able to touch him. Conversations are going on with the resurrected Jesus. He's eating with them. He gives a command, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promise, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days I will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Then he gathered around him uh, and asked him, uh, they gathered around, Lord, are you going to at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you 
and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this is interesting, don't you think? Like Jesus, at the beginning, during his ministry, he says, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, I'm going, and when I go, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. He shows up, he breathes on them, and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now he's saying, but wait in, in Jerusalem because I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so I have a bunch of questions and I don't have answers right now um, about like how this works because I want to think that it's very simple and it works like a vending machine. Like vending machines are simple. You put in the money, you push a little button, things come out. Like I wanna think that the Holy Spirit works like that because I have a simple mind. But once again, there's no equation. Once again, the Holy Spirit is a person, not a vending machine. So the questions I have are like, okay, is knowing about the Holy Spirit different than knowing the Holy Spirit? Is knowing about the Holy Spirit different than having the Holy Spirit? Probably. Is having the Holy Spirit different than the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, maybe. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit a one-time thing? Or can we like get filled again? Can we get baptized again? I have lots of questions. And the answer to all of these, maybe some of you would have different answers as to like what you would say. Why? Well, because a relationship between us and the Holy Spirit looks differently because the Holy Spirit is not this vending machine. The Holy Spirit is a person who we interact with and whom we receive and whom like he is giving us power and gifts. And it's not an equation, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So then we get to finally this scene that is, happens on Pentecost, 50 days after uh, Easter, or 50 days after Passover, if you want to get technical about it. Penta means 50, so it's 50 days after the Pentecost, uh, uh, Easter. And, um, and then the Holy Spirit comes and the people, it says, I don't think the author, I said this, the author doesn't know what he's seeing. The, the spirit descends on them, something like tongues, and they descend on people and they're able to speak in languages and people from their hometowns all over are able to hear and understand in their own hometown language. A miracle. It's awesome. It's holy. It's the filling of the Holy Spirit, the empowering of the Holy Spirit for the church and people looking on are like, are these people drunk? And Peter says, no, that what you're seeing is the fulfillment of Joel who prophesied hundreds of years ago that the Holy Spirit would come and would be poured out upon everyone. And Acts uh, 2.21 says, and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I wanna invite you now, I think of this receiving kind of faith that we need to explore, this receiving kind of faith that's available to us, this receiving kind of faith that um, I think of like us, some of us maybe not feel worthy to receive. Some of us might feel, um, well, it looks different for different people and I don't, I don't know what that's gonna look like for me or like, well, that, that must be for someone else, not for me. Well, today I wanna say like, well, maybe these gifts, maybe this empowering of the Holy Spirit, it is for you.